What's going on, y'all? It's Alundis. Thank you for tuning into the AIM segment. Today, we got my man, Paul Hom here on the podcast. He's talking about money mindset and really being there for our kids, teaching, making an effort to really teach about money. Well, we're also jumping into the jujitsu realm as well because he's a jujitsu world champ. So we're learning how to become better as people, you know, what to do if we're battling things in life. Definitely going to want to learn this uh, and stick around if you want to learn about money and really becoming the best you can be. Sure, why they act like tools can't win at the same time? Sporting yourselves and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. There's always room for improvement. You got the juice, you gotta prove it. Don't talk about it, just do it. That's what we like to call out for influence. Really ain't no telling what we could do it. Just a little bit of out for influence. Made it to the top floor from the sewage with a little help from out for influence. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the Alpha Influence Media Podcast. It's a tremendous honor. Uh, if you can do me one thing, that's going to be leave a five-star rating and review. Talk about how this podcast helped you on building dominant brands and learning new things, or maybe just one thing that it helped you apply to life, and now you're able to excel. So first thing, leave that five-star rating. Second thing, you're going to want to go to MyFitLife.net. Check out all the amazing products there if you're into CBD, learning how you can be able to heal your body, and you can even put a code in there. It's going to be uh, TWP20. The winner's paradigm 20. Uh, so TWP 20, and that's going to be 20% off all products. So you're going to want to check that out. Last thing here, you're going to want to hit me up on follow uh, and follow me on social media, Alundis underscore Haven, so you can catch up with all everything uh, that we're doing for Alpha Influence Media. Catch me on Facebook, Alundis Havens. Paul, thank you again for coming on the Winner's Paradigm, brother. It's an honor to be able to speak with you. Um, we were talking a little bit, and I already knew we were going to have a good conversation, brother. So for those of us who didn't know who you were, would you mind giving us a brief introduction and then what you're passionate about today, brother? Yeah, yeah it's got a pretty wild story. I grew up in a really small town in South Dakota, and, and my best friend was like, this is back in 1997. He's like, hey, I'm going to move to Dallas and fight in the UFC someday. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a crazy goal, but... I got nothing going on here. I might as well go check out Dallas. And if I hate it, then I'll move back home and end up meeting my wife two months later. Um, and then been down here ever since. Uh, got my favorite job I ever had as a stockbroker, which is my you know awesome job. It was fun as a corporate employee, but always had that drive to be an entrepreneur. Something was always kind of pulling me. And I was helping my buddy run his gym. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I want to do something like this. And then made the leap uh, back in, uh, what year was that? 2006. And then ever since then, it's been doing that. And then got really good at running my gym and I was kind of a nobody where I hadn't won anything, never made it to the UFC, anything like that. And then people were like, well, how come your gym's successful? And I was like, well, I do these business things. And they're like, I want to do that. So started consulting and helping gym owners. And then that evolved into once they started making money. Now what I do with my money, it would circle back to my life as a stockbroker. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. And, and I love the way that you say that, you know, as people came to you because they seen what you were doing was working out. So in your case, you know, when you were building that foundation, when you were digging deep, and maybe, you know, like you said, you know, you were putting the gym together in your head. You're like, I'm not successful, but you're successful because people were funneling to you. And they're like, hey, brother, whatever you're doing is working. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of my friends at open gyms, they were all semi-famous. They'd won something. I was just some random guy that studied marketing and sales and retention and was like, hey, I'm pretty good at this gym stuff. And then 
that led into doing consulting, which has been a lot of fun. Absolutely, brother. And would you say, you know, consulting, um, did you click with it initially or was it something that you eventually grew to love even more because it was like you were helping basically yourself at a different point in time? Yeah, it was, it was actually frustrating at first because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs or gym owners, people think they know everything. Like, I know this, I know that. And I'm like, well, then why are you here? It's like, just don't bother me then. And then, so you, then I finally, I learned, you know, some people just have egos and it's just like in MMA training, they just, they're just the way they are. But the ones that listen, you know, you, you start seeing them getting crazy good results. You're like, oh, okay, this is a lot of fun. If people just listen and follow the plan. So we've done a better job with clients now. It's like, if somebody's just a know-it-all, we're like, man, we're probably not the right company for you. It's like, you seem to know everything, you know, and then they get kind of like, oh, no, 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 I don't know everything. I need help. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's, let's define the relationship. And I want to help you, but it's like, I don't want to sit here and have to like drag you along and tell you, you know, you're going to do these things and, and go that route. hundred percent, you know, get you there, brother. And that's kind of how I am too. You know, when I'm working with someone, um, I would say now, you know, I've been, I've been on like a self-development journey this year. And it's even funnier now because I start to realize, you know, myself. So for instance, like I was having a conversation with a candidate and they had uh, one of their other execs in there in the meeting and the exec wanted power and she kept maneuvering and saying certain things and, and really implying it. And I'm like, huh, like in my head and I'm like, oh, the sales was going off. And I'm like, yeah, you're trying to convert the deal. But it was like, I have options. I have this. Like, okay, no problem. Yep. You have options. So do I. And it was like, <laughs> are you serious you, you're telling us and I'm like no we'll get you the deliverables of what you're looking for but as in you know putting the front or doing any of that like there's no need for it you know and it was one of those where I was like I was speaking to a younger version of myself so it was funny <laughs> where it was like they're arguing and they're getting defensive and I'm like I used to do the same thing so now when like I hear it or I see it it was something that, that I thought was funny so thank you for sharing that brother and I know that's part of the process it's part of it yeah yeah you, you mentioned that you worked on Wall Street in um you're in finances as well brother so what are some of the key hacks we can be able to do if we're interested in getting into investing and really working on you know learning about something that we should be taught from a young age but from everything we don't get taught those things so it's one of those where it's like even when we're older you can say the i didn't know but yeah. the knowledge is there we just have to be able to find it good thing is we have people like us you know on podcasts that have those answers oh yeah not, like, seek those answers for other people to know as well yeah, it's super frustrating. It's not taught in schools. Like you don't learn any of these things. And then it's like, I got a job as a stockbroker and I was like, whoa, there's money out here. And, you know, I always thought rich people were like these super gifted people. I was like, no, they just put $500 a month away for 40 years. And then they got a couple million bucks. And I'm like, that's all you got to do. I'm like, it's just, that's not hard. It's like, but we're like, oh, the biggest one I get from people is like, oh, I'm going to invest when I have money. And I'm like, you're never going to have money because the, the more you make that your lifestyle elevates to match your money. And you're always going to be like, oh man, I spent all my money on this or I did that. And I do it too. I'm guilty of it. So I tell people, you know, like the old saying is the best time to start investing was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So you got to get started. It's the biggest anthem. Don't be afraid to get started, get educated, you know, go into some of these places. People think they have to have a million dollars to walk into a Schwab or a Fidelity or a TD Ameritrade. You don't walk in there and be like, hey, this is my story. I'm getting started. What do I do? And they'll sit down and help you because they're there to help people open new accounts and things like that. But people have such limiting beliefs about money. They're like, oh, I can't go in there. You know, they're going to look down on me. They're not. It's their job to help people. So I tell people, go in there for fun. Go go to two different places and just give them your story and kind of see which one you jive with the best and and who has the, the best feel. And like, they'll help you out and give you some different ideas. And then you can start learning some basics there. 
and then like start listening to different podcasts and then reading books. Like I always tell people a really good book, but it's super thick is money. And it's funny of all people, Tony Robbins wrote it, but he actually had other people write it. And there's like a bunch of like the smartest people in the world talking about money. So it's super helpful. And then another one, shameless plug is my book. The money fight is I simplified a lot of the processes that I've taught clients over the years because a lot of times it's too complicated for people. So I just kept trying to simplify it down, simplify it down. And now it's something where people can be like, Hey, I can do this. This isn't that hard. And it's not really, cause I can show you a graph. It's like literally $500 a month, 40 years, 10% interest is like 1. something million dollars. And it's like, it, it just works. You know, the problem is we get too emotional. It's like, well, no, I'm going to wait till I have money or I'm going to buy the next Dogecoin. And it's like, well, good luck with that. You might buy it then, you know, and then the market sells off and people freak out and they sell everything. I'm like, why are you selling right now? They're like, oh, the market's down. I'm like, this isn't when you sell, this is when you buy. It's like when you start buying, you start like when the market goes down, you should be like trying to find extra money to buy the stuff you believe in because you're going to see huge returns if you do that. But we're all, we're not taught these things. We're wired backwards. So when the market goes up, what's everybody doing? Oh man, I'm buying, I'm buying. People were buying Bitcoin at 67,000. And now they're like, oh man, Bitcoin 17,000. I don't want to buy that. And I'm like, but you were buying it at 67. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it, it's just a, such a thing that we're not taught. And when you learn patience and discipline and long-term investing is you're going to have bumps in the road. And they, they look at the time, they look huge and massive, like March, 2020, you know, 2008, 2001, all these huge sell-offs. When you look at them on a map or a chart over the last hundred years, they're like this big, you know, because the market just recovers. But the problem is your average person sells when it's at the bottom. And then what do the rich people do? They buy everything and they make all the money. So it's like, you yeah. just gotta, you gotta get disciplined and stick to it and just create a plan. Brother, I love the way that you said that. And I found it kind of funny because, uh, and, and that's why I laughed a little bit was because <laughs> I understood, you know, what you were saying when you're investing in and in Dogecoin, for instance, I uh, worked at a mortgage brokerage and there was a guy there, um, young guy. And what was funny, I found funny about him, but it just didn't resonate with me is man was making bank, but oh, yeah. he decided then he was still going to live with his parents. So it was one of those that I was just like, bro, you make so much money and you have the cars, but you still want to live with your parents. Like, and it was just like a funny thing, you know, and like I make jokes with them. But um, I, I go in to say that because he's pissed off about Dogecoin because that's where it started rising. So he put eight G's in there and then he loses it. The next day he's like, I'm done with stocks. I'm done with Dogecoin. I'm just betting on, on games now. And I was like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> because I was like, yeah, I guess that's another way. And so like every day, all day during work, they're looking at spreads and like it went from investing to that because of that risk. So that's what I found funny was um, looking at it that way, brother. But great thing there. Now, one of the other things you talk about as well, David, was getting on the same page with your spouse. Mm. And I know that's something that's very difficult for me, it's kind of funny. Me and my wife, we both started doing stocks at different times. Nice. And prior to, it was the conversation of paying off debt first because that's one yep. of the answers I got from somebody, which I understand. Uh, but then it went to, I have this hundred bucks anyway. I can might as well put this hundred or fifty dollars into stocks every single month. And now, you know, after a year, I ended up having two thousand dollars in there, which I didn't think I did because it yeah. was something. You know, I would buy something on the low or always investing into it. So. What are some things or how could we kind of direct that conversation if we were to have it with the spouse and we're like, Dude. you know, maybe they're reluctant on it and, and we're getting on the same page. hundred percent. I tell people, you got to talk to your spouse about money. The sooner you talk about your money, the, the better it's going to be. Cause I always joke around my wife and I, it was easy when we were first coming up. Cause you had no money. You're broke. It's like, let's talk about money. We don't have any cool. <laughs> you know, And then you start making money and it's like, okay, what should we do this and this and and get, get your spouse on the same page. Be like, Hey, you know what, what are our goals? You know, do we want to retire at, 
what age, how are we going to do that? Okay, well, if we want to do that, there's no way we're going to be able to do that without investing. It's just, you can't do it unless you build up a massive company and sell it for a whole bunch of money, which is pretty tough to do. But you look at it on paper, anybody can do it through investing. So you just got to get on the same page and start talking about it and make it a thing where it's like, you talk about the different stocks and different ideas you have. And like, for us, it's been fun. Cause like, you know, everybody knows me come to my house, like my, my in-laws and stuff, everybody comes over the TV's on CNBC until the market closes. Don't change it. You know, that's, that's how our house rolls. So my kids have grown up with the stock market, my wife, everybody's around and they know that, you know, we keep an eye on that. You know, I'm not an active trader or anything like that. I just invest, 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 but like, communication is so key because during the pandemic i was running a non-essential business consulting for non-essential businesses i'm like man we got to diversify let's let's go buy a, a like a subway franchise or something like that and my wife was like oh it's a good idea because what happens when somebody calls in sick and we gotta go make sandwiches and i was like dang it i didn't think about that okay you're smarter than me <laughs> so she saved me you know how many hours of research and money of things you know because i was like freaking out like we gotta do something we gotta do something but just having those conversations that are tough instead of being like, Hey honey, I just bought us a subway franchise. And then we get this huge fight about it. And she's mad at me and I'm mad at her for not believing in me, but I never explained her what I believed in the first place. And I expect her to believe it. So man, just communication is key. It's so big. And a lot of my friends that have hard times in their marriage is because they're always hiding stuff from their wives or their wife's hiding stuff from them. And it's like, it's like, man, let's talk about money. If your wife's like, Hey, I really want this Louis purse. Okay, cool. Let's make it a goal. You can do that. Then I'm going to have my thing. I want to get, I'm going to save for that but we're still going to put 50 or hundred bucks a month away into stocks and then 200, 300, you know, and then you develop these, I always call them like fun accounts. So I always have to do my investment accounts, but then I have a fun account. She has a fun account. So like money goes in there. I don't know where, what she spends it on. I don't care because I don't want to be that micromanaging. Hey, what was this $18 for? It's like, it's like, yeah. yeah, she has her money. I have mine and she doesn't care what I spend mine on. I don't care what she spends hers on. I mean, and it's like, you have know, the big purchase. Obviously we talk about it, but like smaller purchases, I'm like, just do whatever. It's like, I don't want to sit there and nickel and dime you to death. I find that so damn funny uh, that you you mentioned that because me and my wife have that same thing as well. And she mentioned to me how much money she had there. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I, uh, she shares it with her dad. So it's one thing. It's like, oh, yeah, we because we, he's always working on uh, either the house or cars for us. So like that's where he'll take it from, gets the parts, works on yeah. it for labor. So we're like, all right, cool. We have a cheap mechanic. And then uh, it was one of those deals where like she told me how much she had in her account. And I'm like, Oh shit! You know, she's like, I didn't even think I had that much money in there, and I'm like, Yeah, me either. We just went back to laughing, and I love how you mentioned the franchise thing because um, that was something for us that we talked about. Where I looked it up, and I'm like, I just seen it on my phone, watched the video, and I'm like, Oh, you can get a Chick Fil A for ten thousand, twenty thousand. You guys split the proceedings for the year, and you can make a hundred thousand. So it was like something where I made a joke out of it, and that was kind of like where we started getting on the page. And it was with us, it was funny. It's like kind of like finances like that, and talking is we were good on building the budget. But it was one of those talking about and how we're going to lead it to our kids and that, you know, having that. And I'm like, you know what, ideally for me, um, I think now is, is I'm starting to, you know, learn more about money and I'm starting to uh, educate myself and have those conversations. It's like I, before my thought was not giving my kids any money when I passed. Uh, but then at the end, I'm like, you know what, I want to at least do one house each. So whether I have two, I have four, you know, one house each, give them a stump. But yep. educating them so they're able to have this knowledge to where it's like we had to learn this on the hard way. Oh, or, yeah. You know, adding them to your credit at a young age so you pay Dude. your bills and it does it. Because my wife did that for her brother and it helped him out. So it much. helps him out huge. Yeah, you can give your kid an 800 credit score when they're in high school. People don't understand that. It's like you put your kid on a credit card and, and some people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. But then I explained with my kids, I put him on mine when he was in high school. And I'm like, dude, this, you know, you can only use it for these things. I can see what you're doing. And it's like, 
but teaching him about credit. And of course, then he turned 18 and he's like, oh, I want to get my own Apple card because everybody loves that new Apple card because it syncs to your phone. It's got that cool metal thing. I'm like, it's cool. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the month, you have to show me the account and it's got to be zeroed out. It's like, I don't, you're not going to start carrying balances and buying a bunch of weird stuff and things like that. So credit is super powerful, but it's also super dangerous if you don't know how to use it. So yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Teach, teach kids how to use credit cards and, and how to develop credit. Cause then someday they're going to want to go buy a house and they don't need credit. They got a 600 credit score and it's like, then they got to pay more for the house, higher interest rate. And it's like, they could have an 800 credit score and a better education about it. hundred percent brother. And I love the way you say that. Cause I learned all these things on my own. Yeah, you know, uh, so when I signed for my car, they said three nine nine. I'm like, Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I got good credit because um, actually a year prior to me deploying, I tried to go get a car and um, they're like, yeah. And the Navy feds like we can use a 2% uh markdown that we give to all veterans so i'm like oh two percent down 16.9 percent yeah i'm gonna wait on this car and it was yeah. for like an older honda right yeah so end up coming back um i'm at the dealership they're like 399 i'm like oh that's that's killer bro i did a good job with my credit and it was one of those where like they called me back and they got me like at almost eight percent and i was like oh shit all right now reality's hitting so yep. later the year you know dan was able to refinance eventually Good. paid that off but it was a great lesson for me uh, because I never had that conversation and I went on my own you know to buy it so it was one of those where it was just like all right this is the learning point but now I can be able to teach it glad I got through it but that's also the good thing of not having much expenses at that young age oh yeah it's huge <laughs> Ab absolutely brother and, and what else could we do other than you know managing the stock the stocks and, and adding them onto credit that's going to allow us to be able to build that, you know, resiliency in our kids, kind of give them exactly what we did not have and allow them to be able to know it on their own, but really become fascinated as well. So we can create that habit as they're younger. Oh yeah. And we talked a little bit, I think right before us talk about a mindset, man, give your kids, give your kids a strong money mindset. It's one thing I learned. I grew up in a middle-class family with no money. One time I talked about money was they bitched about money or how we couldn't afford it. And money doesn't grow on trees where people suck. So it's like my attitude towards money was really crappy. And luckily I got a job as a stockbroker and I started talking to people. They call up on the phone and I'm like seeing these account balances. And I'm just like, what in the hell do you do? And it's like, they're just normal people. And I'm like, so then you start asking questions. You're like, oh, okay, this, this is cool. It's cool. And then through jujitsu is such a, a awesome sport that I'm in that I've been doing a long time and run my business around is you meet crazy people. Like I'll be in class one day, there'll be a police <laughs> yeah. officer, a surgeon, a tattoo artist, a bartender, a college kid. And it's like, and then I start getting around some entrepreneurs and, and they had, they were making, they were real successful and had money. And then I go see them and how they were talking to their kids. And I'm like, wait a second, my parents didn't talk to me like this. Like they're talking about money. They're talking about investing. They're talking about the different deals they're doing. The next thing they're doing. And I'm like, man, this sucks. It's like, so for my kids, I've made it a very big goal to always talk about money, always talk about investing, talk about the stuff that I'd always be scared to talk about. Like, oh man, did you see so-and-so, you know, did this seven-figure portfolio doing blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, how, seven, that's a lot of money. I'm like, well, yeah, but you can do it. It's not, it's just time and, and consistency and getting started. And they're like, oh, okay, I, that's pretty neat. And then, you know, just mindset, man, mindset's so important because a lot of us have such a crappy money mindset. You know, I still catch myself sometimes be like, oh, we can't afford that. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's like, how can we afford that? You know, what could we do? It's like, oh, you want this that bad? Cool. Then sell some old Xbox games, get rid of some of your old sneakers, go pick up, you know, a side hustle, doing some stuff, you know, and then, oh, now you got some money. Cool. Now you can go buy this or buy that and, and do those little things instead of just sitting around and complaining about it. There's always an answer to finding more money. It's out there. Brother, I love Again, you know, I hate being cliche. I mean, like, I love this, but it's one of those deals for me is having these conversations. I had that uh, with a close family member of mine where it was one of those um, 
got into a bad financial place because of that person. I kept giving them money. And it was one of those where it was just like, hey, you know, how do I be able to break this down? What do I have to do to be able to show them? And really having that conversation of money problems do not exist. And they're like, what do you mean money problems don't exist? And I'm like, it's not that I'm being an asshole. You know, I have to tell myself that. Yeah. It's so easy for us to bitch about it and to say that or rich people are bad people in growing up that way, thinking that. And part of it too, which is funny, is like one household said that, the other household did it because my dad was a yep. Um, So it was one of those like, living that, I just knew that, hey, I wanted to be here because I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's not about, you know, looking cool and that I got over that, but it was like, I want to do whatever, right? And even in with our wife, like while we're on the same page, it's, it's that, it's, hey, you know, we can afford our bills and that, but we want to be able to go to Disneyland and have the passes as we want and do all these things, set the kids up for further success and we have that money in the bank. Um, kind of like when we were buying this house, you know, we almost had to put 30 G's yeah. Um, hey, if it went over the appraisal and it was something where we were stressing about. So we're like, hey, we're never going to be in that position again. So where we have that. And if we need to pay 30 G's, we can. And I'd say definitely in business, it's been awesome, you know, learning that, hanging out with those entrepreneurs. Cause it's like the way they think about money, you're like, is this manifesting it? Or no, I'm, I'll be able to make this. It's like, I ran into that. You know, we need money for, to pay bills. And I was like, I'm not going to think about the survival mindset. I'm going to tap into the, I am wealth. You know, I do this. I provide this exceptional value. These are my strengths. This is what we do. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I started booking more calls. I started getting <laughs> more people. They're like, hey, man, what do you do? I'm like, bro, we run ad campaigns and we get you booked on killer podcasts. And they're like, what? You do ad campaigns? I'm like, yeah, Spotify ads. And it was just like, just talking about what I did. People are interested in it versus before where it was like, I was reluctant. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I was waiting on it. I was seeing about the money, working at a dead end job, you know do the quiet quitting. That's why I love that people are bringing that shit up. Cause that was me. I'll be like on the phone. And then I look at the timer and I'm like, should I pick this phone up? Like <laughs> I'm good. bro. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It, it's, it's wild mindset. It can be such a, and that's a cool thing when you get around young entrepreneurs are my favorite because they're, they don't have a lot of the limited beliefs that my generation has. And you're like seeing this hustle and they're doing these things and you're like, my God, there's so much out there that I didn't even know about, you know? And it's like, you, you, you just get excited for the next generation. Oh, 100%. That's the, just learning about the older generations. Kind of like how some of us had the great grandparents that would stash money in the mattress. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why? Because they don't trust banks. So I would say like that, you know, helped me um, learning about Vietnam era vets because that definitely, baby boomers definitely influenced that generation <laughs> and why they act that way and why they're so reluctant about things. So it's just like, okay, you know, knowing your history and knowing that. And, and I appreciate you, you know, tapping up on those things, brother. You also mentioned jujitsu about a couple of times. Oh yeah. Huge fan. I did it when I was younger. I'm going to fix my right knee. And that's one of the things I want to do. Get back into jujitsu, learn a bit of boxing. Nice. Um, so for you, brother, when you're working on jujitsu and it's being consistent, it's being in there, doing the things you don't want to do, learning about the technique, not overpowering it as you know I used to do. Um, what are kind of those you know mindset techniques that are allowing you to fully dial into it? that allows you to transition those uh, lessons that we should say into business. Yeah. I tell people that everybody should do jujitsu. It's like an unfair advantage in life. It's like, it's, you just learn so much about dealing with yourself and, you know, and life's problems, things like that. Like I have lots of friends that have like anxiety and they're all stressed out all the time. And their idea of letting go or relaxing is going home and having like a six pack of beer and watching TV. And I'm like, I go for a walk sometimes. I'm like, nah, you don't understand. It's like, 
jujitsu is man, you get in a bad situation, your heart's racing, someone's trying to choke you to, and you're like, you know, it's that whole, it goes back to, you know, flight or fight, you know, your body, it's something we don't get a lot of, you know, unless like you're in the military, like, like you were things like that. It's like the average person is like, they live a pretty dormant life full of anxiety and stress and worry. Man, when I go train, it's like all that's out the door and then I'm done. I'm just like, like a total reset. And then you realize a lot of the problems we have, they're all solvable. I mean, unless you did something really, really dumb, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's like that old saying, like 90% of the things you worry about are never going to happen. And the thing I love about doing jujitsu and training jujitsu, something about when you train super hard and you get that like super euphoric feeling of just like, oh my God, you feel great. You forget about all that stuff. Like it's like the little things you worry about at work never happened or so-and-so was never really mad at you. You just, you read the text messages the wrong way. And then you were mad for four days for no freaking reason. <laughs> so, and then the other thing jujitsu does that I tell people is, it teaches how to problem solve under pressure, which I think is a huge skill set for entrepreneurs, uh, any salespeople, anything like that. Because when you're under pressure, you learn if you panic, you die. It's like you get choked out or whatever. It's like you lose. It's like, so you got to learn. It's like, okay, I can't, I can't panic here. I got to relax. I got to breathe. I'm in a bad spot, but I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to think. I'm going to find a way out of this. Same thing in life. We all make mistakes. I do things as an entrepreneur where I'm like, oh boy, I bit off way too much. So I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I don't panic. I'm like, okay, breathe. Okay, what did I screw up? Okay, I did this. How do I fix it? All right, cool. We can do this. We can fix this, do this, this, this. Okay, good. Now we're fine. So I tell people, man, it's not you just to find something that and it's also good for your health too. something that maxes out your heart rate. Cause we all hate cardio. Cardio is the worst thing on earth. I mean, I, there's, I don't know anybody besides David Goggins that likes cardio. <laughs> like... But I, I love that you said that. I actually just had one of my good friends on here, Paul Tokozulu, um, who actually helped me when I got into podcasting and his, his jujitsu outlet, it's his podcast. And he talks about jujitsu and helping people through um, MMA and mental health, you know, and really talking about how it can be that positive outlet for you. And that was something you know, that I was like, man, you're talking exactly about that. So it resonated with me um, was that, you know, being able to get in there, having that community, testing yourself. Um, I wrestled in high school, so I know 100%, you know, yeah. with how that goes, where it's like, I would be losing and, and I got my ass kicked all the time. And even at practice, one of my uh, buddies was, was one match away from placing at state. He ended up losing to the guy who took first. So it was one of those where it was like um, training with him and it was a different level, you know, pushing yourself. And I just wanted more. Um, I was the one who's like around 150 and I was with the heavyweights throwing around <laughs> like, now fuck that, let's go again. You know, and we're hand fighting and they're like, nobody wants to do that. Not even the big guys. No. But in my head, I was like, you're not defeating me no matter what it is. <laughs> I'm going to get there and I'm going to beat you eventually. And I would say even, you know, having that, you know, tenacity, being able to compete allows you to do that. And it takes you into business. For instance, you know, we're talking about these survival techniques or being able to, you know, capture what you need to, that, that definitely did it to me. Kind of like today, where I seen some money roll through, I closed the deal and it's like, boom, I'm going to this to my team. They're like, they're hungry. And I'm like, man, there's so much I want to do. And I want to be able to streamline this business so we can move on to the next thing. And, and one of those things we do that is by knocking all this shit out. So it's like, that's how it's doing. I'm involving into the second podcast so I can talk about business on there. So really appreciate you, brother. I'll leave you with the last question here. What would you tell somebody who was at the beginning of their journey like we were when they're trying to get their foot in, trying to gain some momentum so they can be able to align themselves with their definition of success? And really take, it's going to sound kind of cliche a little bit, but take a, take a little bit of time. It's like the George Washington thing, man. Sharpen your ax. Just don't I'll go out there and just chop, chop, chop. That's a mistake I made a lot of times is I was just doing all the things. I'm like, I'm going to do all the things until I figure it out. But take a little time and think about what really drives you. Like, what do you think about all the time? Like, what is the thing that you want to do? And when you figure that out, then just reverse engineer a plan on how to get there. And then the last piece that I would do is find somebody who's there and just 
copy them like literally hit them up on instagram and be like man i'm a huge fan blah 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 blah. and you'll find out people are actually really cool and they're like oh really oh that's awesome cool man thank you and you know and you can you can you can cut so much time off of your journey if you're just open to networking and talking to people and being a genuine person 100 agree with you brother and i'd say you know kind of like for me i struggled with that and learning about what i was deeply passionate about and it was really just connecting with people on the personal level like we are to where it's like even we're talking about finances and i don't even know some of the things and it was you know come into that medium with you and it's like bro i'm just gonna ask a question and be able to learn from you and truly be engaged and let you know that i'm listening versus being like oh, i don't want to have a conversation because that's not my depth you know yep um we have one of our guys Callie keen he, he's a consultant you know he's worked at every single big company out there and uh, dude's a genius and it was like first time i talked to him was intimidating he was just one of those that I was like, bro, he knows so much. He's made hundreds of products. And it was like any, you know, kind of like entre any entrepreneur, you know, you give a problem and you say whatever you're doing. And then they're like, uh, you know, give an answer. And they're like, yeah, that problem doesn't exist, bro. This is that you can be able to solve it. And you're like, uh, you know. So in my case, it was like learning more so I could be able to have a better conversation with him. So really appreciate you, brother. Man, I appreciate you having me. And the bombs you dropped. Where can people find you, man? If they want to keep up with you, they want to hear uh, yeah, Go to my blog is... P-A-U-L-H-A-L-M-E.com. And then my favorite social media is Instagram.com forward slash P-A-U-L period H-A-L-M-E. Uh, I love Instagram. Love, you know, hit me up on there. You know, I'm always posting different stuff in there and little travel hacks and all the weird stuff I'm up to. So yeah, definitely follow me there. Absolutely, brother. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. I know I'll definitely contact you to get you on my next podcast of sure. Dominic Brand. So I appreciate you again, brother. It was an honor. Thank you. Sure, why they act like tools can't win at the same time? Sporting just sales and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. There's always room for improvement.